0: Welcome to the Stockman Grass Farmer Podcast, where our mission is to help create a healthy planet and people through profitable grass-based livestock production. Grass farming is a 24-7 job and you can't always get away, so we've put together this podcast so that you can listen while you work or whatever you're doing, but always on your schedule whenever and wherever you want. Be sure to check out the episode notes for links to freebies and special offers. Join our email family and stay up to date on our happenings and like us on social media. This is part one of the Graziers Production School. You can hear Enabal in future episodes.
1: Great honor, it's a pleasure to be here once again. And it's an honor to talk to you people and you give me the opportunity to share these few days with you and uh, I may not have all answers. I have maybe none of them, but uh, I could relate to you my experience or Little knowledge, if there is any, about this pasture growing and finishing. And uh, having said that, uh, I will also wa- was testing if you understand my English. Is it somewhat understandable? Oh, yes. Okay, if you don't understand it, just raise your hand and I can try again, maybe in the Spanish. <laughs> 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 and then you will understand. Uh, some, some of you may translate better than I speak. Anyway. Um, With these two days or two days and a half, we we thought that it would be best uh, for us to start uh, in the opposite way or the the reverse of most of the uh, common approaches (coughs) uh, when we talk about pastures and cattle. Most of the time, we, the agronomists, start talking about the pastures, the forage, the grass, and then we talk about what we put on them to graze, to harvest this forage, and that's why you are grass farmers. Uh, but I think now for this school and this uh, uh, of your interest on in finishing, we have to do it the reverse. We need to talk a little bit about the animal first. And that has to do with this product that you are trying to market and s- or sell or produce at least. And then all these products will have a different needs, different uh, requirements, and then we can think now with our resources how we can meet these requirements. Does it make any sense? Yeah. You know, if you put an animal in a feed yard, in a feed lot, you already know. You have a picture of what kind of animal you're targeting for, how fat, how, how heavy, or whatever, and then you feed that and adjust the diet to that animal. So let's, you know, for the sake of these two days, just do that. Instead of working from the pastures and how we can manage the pastures and all that, we we, we will talk about that tomorrow, but let's for a few hours talk about these animals that we are thinking that we can produce or we would like to produce. Uh, And that's uh, sometimes the most uh, challenging part of it because many of us don't really know exactly what kind of animal we're looking for. Do you all know what you want? What is this grass fed or pasture finished steer that you're looking for and uh, that's when we come to this number of uh, attributes that we would like to have and you list your attributes and you say i want the animal to be grass-fed in an organic system and i want it to be uh, part of the landscape it has to be right it has to look pretty and it has to make me money and if i and with the least amount of work and and that's a lot to ask. So uh, at home, I can't do a lot together. Uh, the, the, easy, the, the lazy part I do, I try to work the least amount of hours, uh, and then I, and I let the animal to do the, the rest of the work. But uh, most of us talk about all the time about tenderness. I want it to be predictable. We want to sell tenderness to our consumers, to our people. Uh, And we say many times that the natural way to do it is going to create tenderness. And that's not exactly right. Nature didn't plan for tenderness. Maybe they were tender. Maybe the wild animals are tender. Maybe deer is tender. Sometimes they're not any tender at all. So tenderness is... uh, Well, there you go. Come on, doesn't want to let me lie. Uh, Tenderness is something that we work for and we develop in the system as much as we can because we think our our consumers would like something that should be tender. Uh, Leanness, but marble. What's that? You know, we need a little bit of marbling in that meat. People appreciate the flavor, the experience of... uh, that, that uh, marbling provides the fat with a little bit of a uh, flavor in it, but most of this beef is going to be lean. It's very hard to produce a, or it's difficult to produce a fat steer or a steer uh, that would look like a, in a, a steer that comes <coughs> from a feed yard, from a feedlot, off of grass. Grass has a limit. Energy-wise, it's not concentrated. it's not concentrated in energy, so we always uh, will be working towards more energy in the grass, increasing the rates of gain, increasing the, the, the rate of fat deposition, but most of us will not end up with an overfat steer. Sometimes we do, or a heifer. But not, it's not going to be always the case. So overfattening an animal may not be our risk.
0: Animal.
1: Yes. A lot of people are going through trying to find where you are in the book. Okay, so that's so a. Let me, let me tell you. Just trust us that it's in the book. It's the grass. Uh, it is a. And just the, relax and, and enjoy. There is a the, the after. It says uh, grass finished beef uh, by Animal Puerto Domingo. In the first question says what, to what extent is fattening needed on grass fed? After after a couple of articles. It's all in there so just, just don't Yes, worry about it. don't worry about it. It's there and it's, it's written in a way that you will under, understand what I said when you, write, when you read it. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> anyway, we would we like to be predictable. Uh, most of us would like that meat to have a desire, a color uh, that would be appreciated by the consumer, some flavor, and juiciness. And that's all related to this Degree of finishing. Uh, I will show you later a, a few pieces of data with more in more detail. But uh, there's always a discussion uh, between in, in in our research uh, how uh, fat or how uh, what what finishing means and how fat these animals should be to call them finished. And is it fatness or or and marbling related? To tenderness. And we will find out that until a certain extent, to a point that that finishing and that degree of uh, fatness, that fat level, it is is slightly associated to tenderness. But after three 3.4%, 3.5, 4% of fat, intramuscular fat, after that point, increasing fatness does not improve tenderness. Most likely, it's, it's, uh, tenderness is related to connective tissue, to struggle, to the harsh and easy times that an animal had through its life, more than anything. It's connective tissue, it's muscle work, more than degree of fat or fatness. And we'll show, we will talk about that. Um, you would also talk about this nutraceutical properties, these healthy attributes of meats, and we need to know that there is a, there is a boundary, there is a, there is a frame to it. We're not talking salmon here, we're not talking uh, fish, or we're not talking wild salmon. It's beef, okay? so we don't have to get confused. Uh, there is a limit to it, but there, is some nice, there are some nice things about the properties of having more uh, antioxidants in this uh, meat. Uh, like uh, Alan said, the carotenes, vitamin E, they're associated to, to, to green growing grasses, so the more their animals are exposed to green growing grass, the greater the chances of having more carotenes and vitamins in the fat, the lipid soluble ones, the fat soluble ones. Uh, most likely the chances of having more minerals in that uh, meat We'll, we'll be there, uh, and all these nice things, the omega-3s, and we will talk about that. But again, we're talking about beef, not fish, okay, so, so don't want to get over the board with those uh, nutritional aspects of of beef. Uh, you may want to label your meat from in the, uh, many of you relate a story to it or link a story to your beef, then there's another attribute that we have to uh, work with, and all these are constraints to our program. So we want, like I said, if we want them all at once, the program becomes difficult. Uh, let's say they want to be organic, then we, we keep increasing our restrictions here. Producing organic beef is not simple, because the forage and the forages that we're using, supplements, the feeds, all have to be produced in a, an organic way, So all these things are nice, but maybe not all of them could be uh, introduced at once. Yes, sir.
0: Hope you're enjoying the presentation and we'll jump right back in. But I wanted to first remind you to visit the show notes for freebies, deals, and more. While you're there, don't forget to join our email to stay up to date on all the current events. Now back to the show. that uh, steak there is that more than a year old
1: or two years old or? it's about 18 months old, months
0: old. And, and it will marble like
1: that, yes and even more than this I, ask, I have this steak here because it shows several things there is marbling in here but this is a little fat with lots of connective tissue so this is not exactly fat okay the fatness, the marbling, is like a little dot, little spots in here. Not this.
0: The
1: yes. Okay. 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 So let's not get confused with that. I have this steak here. It is well. It is fairly marbled, but and has a very good uh, back fat um, thickness here. But there's little like light lines here. You know, this 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 is a little more connective tissue than than fat.
0: They have uh, uh, their ranges of
1: fat. Yes. This could be like low choice to high stand, low choice. So, again, we're working towards, like I said, all these nice things to have. The more of them we want, low omega 6, omega 3 ratio. That's very, very consistent uh, attribute. Most of this grass-fed, pasture-finished beef will have a high-low omega-6 omega-3 ratio and fairly high CLA, depending on the forage base. Like I said, carotenes could be two, three times more than uh, confinement-fed steer. Uh, and for all all of this, are related to the diet and the forage that we're exposing the animals to. We call it the forage chain. A chain is a sequence of forages. Uh, many of you have, may have the opportunity of having one pasture, one forage around, but not everybody. So in my part of the world, we have to sequence forages, link them, like in a chain, to make the animals grow through a stalker and then the finishing phase, or fattening phase. Let's get to some of this data that I was talking about. <coughs> I don't want to overload you with data, but, uh, just, just, let's just look at the proportions here. Uh, this is 100% pasture. These animals were finished on pasture. They never had a, they weren't, they weren't exposed to any grain or anything from, from weaning. Um, we look at the CLA, this is 0.6 years less than 1% in that uh, intramuscular fat. Uh, on milligrams of, of every 100 grams of muscle, that means 15.7. Uh, this is doubling what we have here on a grain-based or corn silage based finishing phase. So that pretty much says what you know already from most of your readings, that CLA's, that desirable fatty acid, uh, that by the way, it's an omega-6 fatty acid, it's not an omega-3, you got to know that, because we, also, we all like the omega-3s, but some of these omega-6s are not too bad. This is one of them. Anyway, uh, this is low here. And like you know, it's doubled here. In Some of the re- research uh, in the world have shown that you could triple that. But most of the time, that's where you end up. Uh, here we have uh, pastures. The same thing, pastures. Finishing the animals on pastures. But they were supplemented with grain and as long as this pasture was green and growing, see how forgiving it is. We dropped, adding the grain, we dropped, we changed the rumen environment a little bit, so the production of this CLA was not that efficient, and and, uh, uh, the overall proportions dropped. We can see them here, they dropped a little bit compared to to these proportions in this intramuscular fat. Uh, But it's actually higher than on, a, on a finishing these animals on this uh, silage or, or, or corn diets. Uh, there's another interesting thing here, or figure, that we're looking at proportions here on a, on muscular fat. These numbers look the same. But if we know that this, this pasture finishing has a little more fat than these animals here, on an absolute basis, milligrams, they are, this was higher than this too. You see what I mean? A, a, a proportion in the fat may say something or may say nothing depending on how much fat or intramuscular fat we have in that beef, okay? Um, of course these were low. And uh, this ratio, omega-6, omega-3, this is what most of us look at first because this is the more stable um, indicator If we are below four, if we are three to one, we're talking of a desirable ratio. Most of the grass-fed or pasture-finished beef is in a ratio of two to one or lower. This one right here says 104, that's one to one. Hmm? The same amount of omega-3, the same amount of omega-3 as omega-6, that gives us a 1 to 1, are you with me on this? this is a 7.6 to 1, this is 6.5 to 1 and this uh, supplemented pasture gave us a 2 to 1 so if we had to discriminate grass from grain fed beef, this is a very good chemical analysis that we could use and i can show you research all over the world that is happening in europe here in the the states down in south america that come up with the same always ends up with the same sort of ratio the older the animals get more fat we may see a a slightly higher ratio closer to three to one but two to one that but never eight or five to one or above. Is that OK, what else is here? Uh, regarding the saturated fats, the numbers are pretty much similar. So what we're dealing here is the ratio among the unsaturated fats, that, that the ones that we want. And some, some pieces of research show that maybe not here, but in some other research, they found slightly less saturated fats in grass-fed or, or, or pasture finished beef not in this piece of research that I'm showing here. This is a compiled uh, list of uh, trials that we did at home. Many, many people there they did actually more than some, and some of us. Some of, some of us were involved here. Um, look at the same thing here, omega-6, omega-3, and CLAs. These were feedlot finished or based on corn, 14 to 1. And this is where a Fafa pasture, 100%, 2 to 1. This was a supplemented one again, once again, 3.5, 4.5. So again, the pasture is very forgiving. It's very, but it has to be a green growing pasture. And I keep saying that because otherwise we won't see that response. Uh,
0: In other words, hay and silage wouldn't produce that
1: same rate. Exactly. We may not get to 14 to 1 with hair silage, but we could be 5. It won't help us to wash effects that we don't want. Or if you are not really into this, don't, really <coughs> don't claim a high-low omega-6, omega-3 ratio. So that's why I started saying we need to know what we're targeting for, what we're trying to sell. We may not be able to sell everything at once. The high-CLA story, we have to be careful about. Because C- C- CLA is how they change a lot, and it would say high CLA. What is a high CLA? Is more than one percent? Is it 0.6? Is it 0.8? And it changes. It varies between animals, among animals, and in, from season to season and year to year. So, don't sell something that is going to be 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 CLA, or let's say don't sell something that's one percent CLA, and you end up with something that selling that something that is .7 CLA. The omega-6, omega-3 ratio then is more reliable. You can really rely on, on what you're doing. Where did uh, you get that information? I mean, this is the research that we did down in Argentina, but out of Clemson you have similar research.
0: They want to get it on their own meat. No, I mean you go to a lab or
1: something. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The people at Clemson do that for you. Oh, okay. Yes, as a service. And I is think it, uh, is did it I,
0: expensive
1: to have them do it? No, I don't think so. Uh, at home, it costs about less than a hundred dollars to do it. But uh, it, it takes a time. It takes a little while. They have to run a, a GC uh, analysis with a gra- gas chromatography. It takes a little while. You have to take send the sample. They have to dry it and grind it and do a few things with it. Extract the fat and run that through a chromatographer. I um, don't and and, and uh, at the end of the day, I don't know if you need to do it frequently. You might want to try it for for if you are starting this, but after a while, I think you're going to be repeating the same story uh, over and over. Um, here, eight to one. Look at this level of CLA here, it's pretty low, but higher than this, and we're talking of lighter cattle. Just like I said, maybe the older they get, maybe they get a little more saturated, the omega-6 is tend to increase. This number is higher than that, and maybe because they're lighter. Here, they have a heavier steer in this study, and we've seen a lower level CLA, but again, all these ratios, all these animals were supplemented here, see? They were supplemented at 1.3% of uh, body weight. And even with that level of supplement, there was a grain supplement, the ratios were pretty low. So what am I saying here? Am I saying you go ahead and supplement? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you have a protocol that uh, requires no supplement, just respect that and, and you try to finish with that. But it, but there is nothing wrong. Maybe if you have a different protocol, that and you have to add supplements in there, you still you'll be within the omega-6 omega-3 ratio. While the pastures are good quality, and in all these cases, the grasses, the, the legume pastures or the legume-based legume-based pastures are actually the most uh, uh, predictable ones regarding the omega-6 omega-3 ratio and high CLA. It's highly digestible and highly digestibility, uh, high digestibility o- o- overall. We have uh, a, a, the buffering capacity of these legumes more than in the grasses, so the, the rumen pH doesn't drop. You know what the rumen pH is. The rumen pH is acidity. Is the degree of uh, the rumen in, in, the, in, in this animal is in a, in a constant. Uh, uh, um, Change or shift from and you see everything the animal eats is trying to ensile in the rumen it's like we're we're making silage but what prevents the the rumen from becoming a a silage bag is the removal of all this fatty acids the animal keeps removing the fatty acids so we don't get to the lactic acid so the forage is digested faster than in a silage does it make any sense to you at all? So if we kept, the, if we, if we paralyze the rumen, what do we get? We get acidosis,
0: hmm?
1: the rumen inflates, and we get a lot of a- lactic acid because that rumen is paralyzed. It, beca- it, becomes, it actually becomes a, a silage bag. So we want to prevent that with a constant removal of these acids that are produced in the rumen that fermentation is, liber- is generating all these acids, and these fatty acids are removed to the peripheral circulation, and the animal uses that as energy. So there's a tendency it, to, to uh, increase the acidity in the rumen all the time. Some of these grasses, like the legumes, excuse me, the, the legumes, the legumes are not really grass in a strict sense, they, op- they operate as buffers they help to regulate that rumen pH, that acidity. So that's one of the things, one of the, in in part, at least one of the um, things that happen in the rumen to to regulate that fiber digestion, increases the fiber digestion to the maximum. And with fiber digestion, we get this high CLA or increase in omega-3. Is that, did I make a mess here? Okay. Every time we paralyze the rumen, every time we increase the acidosis, we tend to paralyze the rumen. We, we slow down fiber digestion and we hurt, we damage the degradation of fiber and the creation of all the desirable fatty acids that we want to have. And we slow down all processes that, cre- that create rumenic acid, uh, some of these uh, metabolites that go into the CLA later on.
0: you look at the number for the
1: grasses and then the legumes. Yeah, we are saying well, I'm here. Re- I'm reading that. I'm reading that the opposite here. You're saying this, we're getting a higher, higher omega-6 here. Yeah. Well, this is a very low number anyway, so I wouldn't really pay much attention to this here. Okay. If you allow me to say this. Uh, in general, we see that uh, when we have the legumes, we'll have numbers like this and if we throw in some starch, or any source of uh, uh, high sugar content, we may decline, we may reduce the, the, the rate of this uh, metabolites and reduce the, drop the pH. So in general, they, uh, you're right, he doesn't show that here, but uh, in general we will see that. Uh, we, we increase the legume fraction, we have a little more buffering capacity and more stable digestibility and another thing we find there is that we have a a wider window of forage quality with these grass legume mixtures I'm going to show you more data about that but you're right, this this will be the reverse of what I'm saying let's see if I got anything else here that... um, tenderness alfalfa pasture or pasture-finished animals the supplemented ones, grain, grain-fed. Uh, very often we say that pasture-finished steers are slightly more ten- less tender uh, because they're older, or because the uh, they don't have enough fat, or because the grass-fed gives you less tender animals. However. If we slaughter everything in a same age frame, same age, similar age, and with a similar degree of fattening or finishing, we will find that uh, tenderness is not an issue. And also I said that maybe we are already above the 3% intramuscular fat, which is very fairly easy to get to. Tenderness will not be associated to to fatness and uh, this says four percent here intramuscular fat four three and a half two point nine this is a little low below three but look at the tenderness numbers they're very much the same this is just objective tenderness okay of course the, okay it's not a the um, panel or, or people's opinion is share force again the omega-6 omega-3 ratio here the supplemented animals have a higher ratio but not as for no not even close to that at all to 14 to 1 uh, and this uh, supplement levels are pretty high we're talking about re- in this case replacing about one-third of the animal diet the animal intake with a supplement how much do they eat how much would an animal eat a day two to three percent. 3% of the body weight on a dry matter basis, okay? If, uh, a 1,000-pound steer would eat 30 pounds of dry matter per day. Dry matter. <coughs> how much is that on a wet basis, on an as-is basis? Right? Sometimes, if it's a very highly washy feed, that could be how, how much? 30 to 30 pounds
0: on how much moisture is in the
1: forage. you need to know the moisture sometimes it's if it was it if it was a 10% dry matter feed forage how many pounds that animal would need to eat to satisfy that to reach that 3% level 300 pounds is that possible no, no. Uh, he could get to 200 <laughs> <laughs> yeah he could that steer could get it to 200 pounds. That's a lot of forage to go through. <laughs> a lot of poop. A lot of pooping. And that's <laughs> one of the reasons the this summer, this, the falls, or this wet, low temperature, washy feed times of the year, the animals cannot really gain well because they have a problem. We have a limitation with intake. They have the washy feed it's 10%, 15% dry matter, 85, percent water so to collect that amount of dry matter he has to put through this through the rumen so many pounds of forage that the day is too short we need a 48-hour day instead of a 24-hour one to to harvest all that and then when we equate that to intake on a dry matter basis that animal that may be eating two percent of body weight instead of three And that's enough for maintenance and maybe a pound a day of gain, but may not be enough for two pounds a day of actual gain. Yes, sir. What is
0: typically the torture content of alfalfa?
1: 18, 22%, 25, depending on the time when, when you're grazing it. I hope you
0: enjoyed this presentation. Well, check out the episode notes. And always remember the advice from cows. And be outstanding in your field. See you next time.